Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Tuesday, May 2nd edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzlini, and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us on this uh, Tuesday here. And right now we'll be joined on the phone by the pitcher for the Musselman Appleman Baden Hartman. He threw a perfect game last night, a twelve nothing or thirteen nothing victory over Moorfield. And hey Baden, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing great. And uh, I was going through last night. We were on a we were calling the uh, Martinsburg Jefferson game and I looked down and I said, Oh my like I just look I was like, this is not happening right now, but you were able to get through those seven innings and not allow a base runner a perfect game. What was that like down there at Moorfield? Uh, it felt good to come out there and do our thing, and um, like all my pitches that night were working, and our defense played good. My my catcher Taryn, he caught a good game, and things were clicking that game. Baden, uh, obviously, you know a you know historic type performance for you. Uh, what does this this performance kind of mean for you, and how do you hope it helps your team get some momentum heading into uh, sectionals? Uh, boosted my confidence and our team's confidence. Hopefully it'll pick up back when we get to sectionals and it just keep things rolling. Baden, you also had 12 strikeouts in the game, so you were definitely wheeling and dealing throughout the entire seven innings. Just take us through the emotion of it all in that final out that sealed the deal. Um, it felt amazing. Whenever the I threw a curveball to the last kid for strike three, it just felt cool to end the game like that with a strikeout and all my teammates come up on the mound and cheer me on. It was, it was cool. When did you kind of know that it was going to be something special during the game? Because, you know, you see a lot of MLB guys that throw no-hitters and they're like, oh, I didn't realize till like the sixth or seventh inning. When did you realize that this could have been something special last night and it was? Uh, probably during, I'd say, the fifth inning. When I came into the dugout, all my teammates, like, Dylan, Trevor, Austin, Jason, they're all just like talking about it. They're like, dude, you're throwing a good game right now. And they're all like smiling at me. I was like, don't talk to me right now. Don't say anything. I was focused on the game. (laughs) Baden, I know uh, for you personally, um, you've kind of debated, I guess, back and forth on what you want to do after high school uh, when it comes to either playing football or baseball. Uh, Has have you made any decision yet, or are you still kind of debating on that? I'm still thinking about that. Definitely could either go both ways, but right now just still deciding on that. You still have a few weeks left of uh, your final high school baseball season. The sectional seedings uh, come out today. What are your expectations heading into the postseason after this week for your team? Um, I definitely think every single game from now on will be a a hard-fought win or hard-fought game, but if we come out like we did last night, I think we could compete with anyone in the section. It'll be all the games will be a tough game to come out. 
What's this season been like for you and your team? I mean, you went through that 0-3 start to the season and then that that long uh, winning streak and then, you know, hit some adversity and now coming back and kind of trying to right the tide here as you hit the postseason. What's this kind of season been like for you and your team? Uh, it's definitely had its ups and downs, but started the season out 0-3. No one wants to start out like that. And then the big 16-game win streak, that's hard to do. And then we kind of – we lost a couple games back-to-back, I think like four maybe, and then came back out, started getting some wins. But yeah, this season's been it's been a good season so far, and hopefully that will keep continuing throughout the section. Ben, when you look at the section and for your team, uh, you guys have beat every team in the section. You've also lost every team in the section. Uh, first of all, what's it like to play in such a competitive conference and section, and uh, you know how do you think – your team stacks up this year compared to the other teams? Um, it's definitely a tough section to win out in. So, like Hedgesville, Martinsburg, they're tough. Spring Mills is even tough to uh, beat wherever you play them. And if we get, like, maybe two seed, three seed, if we get two, we'll have home field. But I think we're going to get three seed. And it'll be tough going to their field and playing them there. So it'll be tough. My last question was uh, just touching on your final uh, moments of the high school season, but also over the summer you'll be playing for the post-14 Hornets again this summer. Uh, What are you hoping to accomplish there during those few months? Uh, It'll definitely be a sad ending whenever high school season's over, but then right after I have Legion ball and hopefully we can do things in there, do good stuff there. It'll just be a sad ending to – High school season. Be my final one ever. Baden, congrats again on the perfect game last night, and thanks for the time, and we'll see you here soon. All right, thank you, guys. That was Muscleman pitcher Baden Hartman as he threw a perfect game last night with 12 strikeouts and a 13-0 win over Moorfield. We'll do right now is we'll step aside for our first break of the day. Uh, segment is sponsored in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On their side of this break, we'll talk EPAC baseball and softball, but mostly uh, the games that we had last night and the our predictions for the, the sectional seedings that are coming out later on today. You're tuning in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest-growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident or fire. 
Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. Nats fans, the party is just getting started at Nats Park as the 2023 season is underway. They sit down the line, extra bases into the corner. Bring your natitude and cheer on Joey, CJ, Josiah, and all your favorite Nats players this spring. See you later. While you enjoy a beautiful day at the ballpark with cold drinks, great food, and unbelievable giveaways. Visit Nats.com slash tickets and join the fun. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Rated WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us. And thanks once again to Baden Hartman for, uh, you know, I guess stepping out of class or whatever he was doing today and hopping on for a few minutes as I uh, wanted to make sure that he got the light that he should you should get for throwing a perfect game yeah i don't oh i meant to ask him you know the last time a muscleman player did it we got this last night we talked about it on the broadcast um what was it from uh baseball in the mountain state he said uh he's pretty sure the last perfect game thrown by a muscleman pitcher was nick hammond who was a freshman against southern maryland on march 30th 2013 so it's been over 10 years yeah did yeah, not hit accurate, that, but so, yeah. But again, congrats to Baden. So it was incredible. Wish we could have been there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we've got more EPAC baseball. Talk about talk a little bit more about that thirteen nothing win here before we get into the other game since it's kind of still on the brain here as a thirteen nothing win. And you know, I was kind of you know looking at the I was following it on Game Changer probably like starting in the fourth inning, and then I checked again in the fifth inning, and then I checked again in the sixth inning, and I was like, no way. And I almost. Talked about Fight Club last night. And uh, Jason Meyer's dad texted Trip and said, did he just say what I think he just said? And uh, I guess I didn't say too much because they were he was able to keep the perfect game. But I got worried there that, you know, in the um, fifth inning, maybe they're going to keep it going and score and get in the 10-run rule. And then he wouldn't have been able to go seven innings. So, you know, some people might not it, it calculate It still would have been that. cool either yeah. way. But, yeah, there, there's – few that say oh it's a perfect game but it was a mercy roll game and they always put the asterisk how about this he did it on 75 pitches no he he was tremendous yeah yeah no i mean it is good i think that he went the full seven because i think it helps it i guess seem more perfect in some ways and you know seem more uh i guess of a greater accomplishment five would have been cool but seven is like yeah i threw a perfect game and it was a full game um so you know, definitely a great achievement for Baden Hartman and the Appleman. And I think you know, he talked about everybody that around him that helped that thing happen because you need your defense to have a perfect game. You know, if somebody gets an error, uh, all of a sudden it's just a no, you know, hitter. no hitter. So uh, still very impressive. But, I mean, your, your defense helps you out and doesn't commit any errors. You don't get any walks. Talked about his catcher, Boyles. 
uh, having a good game behind the plate. So all that stuff really does help. And uh, for a Musselman team that at times this year has struggled defensively, um, you know, that's good to see. So um, they're clearly a talented team. And, and look, they have the ability to do something like this and beat up on some teams. So when they get into the sectional tournament, they're still the wild card for me because we all thought that they would be the number one team potentially in the region. That's not going to happen, or at least we'd be very surprised if they were. Uh, but they have the talent to come out of this thing and, and win the whole region. I mean, that's like we said yesterday, either on the broadcast of the game or on the show, you look at section one, three out of the four teams could win the region and we wouldn't be surprised. Uh, we may be a little bit, I guess, a little bit surprised, but maybe, but we wouldn't be shocked, you know, like if, if one of these teams got hot again and, and comes out and wins it, uh, they have the talent to do that. So there's, you know, there's three teams in section one. I think there's four teams overall, if you include Jefferson, uh, that could win the whole region. So, yeah. Uh, but you know, back to last night, you know, we didn't mention this in the interview, but I think it's pretty impressive. Not only did he throw the perfect game, 12 strikeouts, he went three for four at the plate, had three RBIs. Yeah, I was about to bring that up too. He, and a run score. He did it on both sides. He, he yeah. was the difference defensively and on the mound. And then offensively, he puts up terrific numbers like that day in and day out. Then his catcher went three for four at the plate, three RBIs and a run scored as well. Jason Myers, two for three, three RBIs. And Kyle Lord, the top of the lineup, a three for four day, four runs scored and an RBI. Dylan Stevens, one for four with an RBI. And McClintock, two for three with an RBI. But, you know, pretty impressive all around game uh, for the Musselman Appleman. As well, have two more games in the regular season taken on Washington on Thursday, and they're at Pendleton County on Friday. Moving on to the game that we had last night on TV 10, Martinsburg defeated. Jefferson for the second time this season. Uh, it was a four to one victory for the Bulldogs over the Cougars. It was a pretty interesting game. Uh, the way that it kind of transpired when the rain started to come and the field started to you saw players slipping left and right. Yeah, it definitely was kind of interesting. You know, the weather was cold. It was rainy, uh, but Martinsburg fought through that and got the win. And I think locked up the one seed in the region not just the one seed in the section which is pretty crazy to think because just a few weeks ago you know when we were coming back from myrtle beach we legitimate or at least colin and i kind of thought, i had him fifth yeah we thought they could I'll, be the i'll fifth say that on air i'll be 100 percent honest i region. had him fifth and, and we i had him four you know we we dig the shovel and and buried or dig the hole with the shovel and buried the bulldogs dig the shovel <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, they have risen from the grave and have, uh, you know, come back to be now the number one team. It looks like again, or for the first time in a little bit, but, you know, toward the top of the region at least. And that wasn't the expectation. So a lot of uh, credit goes, I think, first of all, to the coaching staff at Martinsburg because, you know, this team on paper did not look like a team that you would expect to be toward the top of the region. And now they're playing like that team. They're playing really good baseball. They swept Jefferson. They just beat Musselman on Saturday. Uh, And this is when, after it looked like this team couldn't hit, they couldn't get on base, you know, they couldn't score runs, uh, all that stuff that was kind of the issues at Myrtle Beach. And they've turned it around, and they've done that through injuries as well. They don't even have a full pitching staff. So, uh, 
you know, I've, I've been very impressed with Martinsburg's kind of turnaround here late to now potentially lock up the one spot in the region, which is pretty impressive considering, first of all, what the season expectations were. Yeah. I mean, we probably said they were going to be three or four. Uh, and then where they were after Myrtle Beach, where it looked like they could potentially be the fifth best team. And now they're looking like the one. So very impressed with Martinsburg and uh, how they've turned it around. Can they finish the job, though, and, and get over the hump and get back to the States will be interesting to see because it's not going to be easy. I mean, it's still very close. Yeah. But I think Martinsburg has separated itself with a slight edge over the rest of the EPAC. I mean, I think going 2-0 over Jefferson says it all, but playing devil's advocate here, Jefferson has went down and beat some of the top teams in the state. Unfortunately, they didn't get to play Spring Valley. That would have been if they would have gone three and zero in the last couple of weeks against top teams in the state. That I think would have been huge. Uh, but you know, it's going to be hard to see how the votes come, and you know, hopefully they're released in this hour. Not sure if that will be possible or not, but it'd be cool to talk about it on the show. Um, but you know, how do you, we Here's got David Wood in the com- David Wood in the comments says he sees Section One playing out Martinsburg, Hedgesville, Musselman, Spring Mills in that order. Here's something interesting I gathered while I was in the office of head coach John Lowry Sr. in his pregame interview. He had it all written down in the records in each team, and they the Washington-Martinsburg game as a conference game for the conference championship. The one in Myrtle, yes. But they counted it as a region game on their little written out here. So they have Martinsburg as heading into last night 6-3 and in the EPAC, seven and four in the region so they counted the washington game and myrtle for region games but they didn't count it for epac games interesting so at least jefferson's counting it somewhat now we know they can't vote for themselves so who else would they put as one i don't know i'd probably still think that they would put martinsburg at one but it will be interesting to see if the bulldogs aren't one and how the rest of the region is viewing that Washington game because that's at least how Coach Lowry was viewing it, and maybe that's how it's been discussed. I don't know, but uh, we know Coach Byler is not counting it because he had said that, I think, either last night in his interview or maybe to us separately. Yeah. So I can't remember what it was, but that's just what I see there in in the uh, little picture that I took of Coach Lowry's notes that said I could bring up during a broadcast. So I thought it was interesting. Yeah, the the only thing in my mind as to how Martinsburg isn't number one in the region now is if the votes for a few coaches came in before last night's game. That That's the only possible explanation as to why they wouldn't be number one. And even if that's the case, it, it still would baffle me because even going in, at least for the section, they still had the best region record. Whether you count the Washington game or not well, no, they wouldn't. in the region, it'd be, I mean, maybe not best record. I'll change it to still most wins. They still have the most They're wins tied for the most in the wins, region yeah. now. And now so with I'll last night, that. they have the most wins. If you look at it at 8-4 and four or 8-3. and three. So it comes down to which one you weigh more. Do, do you weigh the region and how things have gone? Martinsburg, most wins in the region, 2-0 and o against Jefferson. Now 18-9 and nine overall. Or do you go with the overall record? Look at eighteen and yeah, eighteen and eight. Yeah, sorry, yeah, eight. Thank you. But Jefferson's now twenty-two and five. So do you take the entire season, or do you look at recency and region more? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I feel like recency bias is, you know, a thing that happens in this voting because you have games the first week where not everybody's one. You could not have everybody there because of, you know, basketball uh, state playoffs or two, the guys that you get back for basketball, they're not fully in that baseball mode because they haven't had all the practice. Like they haven't had, you know, they're not in baseball mode as they're still trying to switch from basketball. So it's hard to count those week one games. And there's always a few week one games and they're weird. Like, you know, you know, there's, this year there was definitely quite a few week one games and like you know you're talking about recency bias and looking at Jefferson they started the season 0-3 in the EPAC yeah I think this is the other annoying thing is that not everybody's played the same amount of EPAC games because there's some going on today tomorrow Thursday I mean you look at it Jefferson's 5-4 and in the EPAC right now yeah so I mean can you really even say that they're the second best team based on that yeah I mean, that, that's another great point. I, I was talking to you guys about it yesterday. We had Jefferson at number one, but after yesterday's game, do, do you drop them to third and put Hedgesville as two in the region? It, it's a an argument argument that could be made because they split the region records better at this point right now for Hedgesville, even though Jefferson still has the better overall record. Yeah, and I mean, and we heard- recently. It was Jefferson getting the huge win over Hedgesville. It's a tough argument still for those two. I don't think the argument's there anymore for Martinsburg. They have to be number one. The argument is who is number two in the entire region, Hedgesville or Jefferson, and I think an argument can be made for either one. Yeah, I mean, we heard uh, Tripp talk about I this mean, on Musselman's the broadcast. Six and four in the region. Yeah. yeah. So they're only a game back. We heard Tripp talk about this on our broadcast last night. He said, you know, from his understanding, the Martinsburg and Jefferson ADs talked about it and said they, you don't play regional games on a Monday. You usually play regional games on a Tuesday. So they had this game moved back to a Monday. Or moved up. Or moved to a Monday so it could be caught in the voting that was due on a Tuesday at noon. So if you're having regional games on a Tuesday, why don't you make the vote due on a Wednesday? Or why don't you make the vote due on Friday Just when you, all your games vote. are done? If you're going to continue with Please. the vote. But you can't get rid of the vote based on how the schedule is because not everybody plays all you their still games. still go winning percentage. Before, that, that's why you have the percentage. But then we have this weird situation where Martinsburg played an extra game. They'd figure something <laughs> out. It, <laughs> and it still it counts toward their overall record. So if we're counting it toward their overall record, how can we not count it toward their region record? Exactly. I don't know. I mean, it's all they'd find something out. Can't have your cake and eat it too, right? <laughs> With sprinkles. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's so how are we ranking it? Yeah, I don't, I'm ranking it. All right, here we go. Our official rankings. I'm your ranking rankings. it. Are we going to do sectional or regional? Just give us your region, and then we can figure out the section based on your region. All right. Sex, regional, Martinsburg 1, Jefferson 2, Hedgesville 3, Musselman four, Washington five. Ooh, let me double check some records here before I go with my last. I have one. it written down right here for you. So thank um, you, John Lowry. Uh, who Spring are, Mills is three and six in the region, and Hampshire didn't win a game according. All to right, me. so then we're gonna go Spring Mills at six, five, six. Spring Mills is second to last. You're forgetting six. Washington. No, wa- Washington, Washington is five. Okay. 
Spring Mill six. Spring Mill six. Hampshire seven. So I, I'm going to flip my two or his two and three and put Hedgesville two. Jefferson three. Interesting. I'm going to agree with, uh, but you know it's pretty close, and I'll be interested yeah. to see how, if at all, the Washington game is viewed for Martinsburg and if that maybe takes them down but then who would you put ahead of them either way I don't think you can put Jefferson ahead of them because they're and I'll say this for it I I see it being Jefferson as the two but in my mind I take the region more into account and that's why I put Hedgesville so if it were me I'd put Hedgesville but I think everybody else puts I got an interesting tidbit I talked about on the broadcast last night because I said I wondered you got to remember, too, Hedgesville, when they lost to Jefferson recently, Lane, Lane DeLauter was on the mound, and they lost 11-3. to Yeah. I think that's something to consider. But you're still putting Hedgesville ahead of Jefferson. Yes. Interesting. So I got an interesting tidbit, because I asked Tripp, because obviously we haven't been around here very long to know when the last time, if any, Martinsburg had won two ga- If a team had beat Jefferson twice in a year. I didn't get the exact answer, but I did get from Baseball in the Mountain State. Since the EPAC started in 2014, the only teams that have won the conference in baseball are Jefferson and Hedgesville. So if Martinsburg wins the EPAC, if they get ranked number one in the region, they would win the EPAC, right? Well, they're yeah. I mean, they have a good chance to win the EPAC right now based on last night because they moved to 7-3 and three in the EPAC. And, but, I mean, it's not over yet because Hedgesville yeah. is 6-3. Uh, Musselman is 5-4 and four and... Uh, now Jefferson's five and four, so it's not over yet. But they are currently, you know, in position in the to win the EPAC. Seat. But it has nothing to do with the vote. It's just that's yeah. purely based on your EPAC record. Yeah. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see when and if we get, or like during the show, if we're able to get these regional rankings, if they are when they I are available. I yeah. hope they come in at if like twelve fifty-five. But yes, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Talk about it tonight. And yeah, on the broadcast, bit. yes. Uh, but let's move over to softball because softball sectionals do start tonight. And section one, it's kind of as we expected. Number three, Musselman at number two, Spring Mills. Number four, Martinsburg at number one, Hedgesville. Uh, the winners will play each other tomorrow. The losers will play each other tomorrow. And then uh, the losers bracket, whoever wins the losers bracket game tomorrow will play in that final game on Thursday, the loser's bracket final, I guess you would call it. And then the championship will be Friday, and Saturday's a game if necessary, and then moving to Section 2, which is always really weird because there's three teams compared to four teams. Uh, Game 1 today, number 3 Hampshire at number 2 Washington. Wednesday, the Game 1 winner will be at Jefferson. Thursday will be Game 1 loser versus Game 2 loser. So if you lose Game 1 tonight, you're not out, obviously, but you're not going to play tomorrow. And then Friday is the championship. Saturday is a game six if necessary. This kind of fell exactly how we anticipated it falling. Yeah, it fell how we anticipated, but still I think I'll start with section one. It's still a three-team race between those top three teams. I think Musselman has an argument that they should have been ahead of Hedgesville, even though it doesn't really matter too much because they'd still be playing each other. But they beat Spring Mills more – I'm sorry, Musselman should be ahead of Spring Mills. I think it's Hedgesville. They beat Spring Mills most recently – Eight to four, and they beat mm-hmm. Edgesville more recently, and they only lost to Jefferson by eight. Which I know that sounds like weird, but when you talk about Jefferson, I mean yep. they run nope. roll everybody, so eight's pretty good. So I think Musselman has the argument that they should be the two in their section. Uh, but either way, you'd be playing Spring Mills, and, and they'd have to prove it tonight. So 
I think the Applemen actually beat the Cardinals, um, and I think they'll uh, definitely challenge Hedgesville. Ultimately, I think Hedgesville might have the better overall team, but they struggle in a few really key areas. They have a great offense, but their defense and pitching has struggled at times mm-hmm. this year. So if Musselman can just get enough runs and kind of play it how they did the other night, maybe they come out of Section 1 as a three seed, which would be pretty yeah. surprising. You know, It, on paper, it would be, but, but it's ability. And then on the other side, I mean, it's still Jefferson-Washington. They, It's always head-to-head low scoring competitive game and you never know what's going to happen so i still favor jefferson they won the season series so you got to give them the edge exactly yeah but at the same time washington could finally pull it out it's not out of the realm of possibility yeah it was eight to six and i think what three to two or whatever it was when we were there two one two one yeah so So. it's going to be fun looking forward to following along yeah, it definitely will be fun. And, uh, again, if we get the baseball rankings, we'll break back into whatever we're talking about here and talk about those as they come out. But uh, right now we do not have them, so that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. You can get your Traeger grills at Orsini's at 360 Hackwell or online at Orsini's.com. After this two-minute break, we'll talk NBA playoffs. And uh, we didn't get uh, – we didn't see uh, Joey Fisher's contract details. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call my parents. Dad. Come over. The first gets done. <laughs> the Traeger Connect Experience. Everything you need for epic flavor. And then some. Shop now and save at Orsini's today. You can play, work, and explore without joint pain. Whether it's a strain, sprain, or fracture, WV Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine can help you live without joint pain. Our expert team of surgeons offer the exceptional care you expect for the injuries you don't. Specializing in joint replacement, sports and traumatic injuries, hip and knee disorders, foot and ankle surgery, hand and wrist surgery, and shoulder reconstruction. Call 304-725-BONE today to learn how you can live without joint pain. Shenandoah Community Health continues to offer COVID vaccinations and clinics each Saturday throughout the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. The COVID vaccinations and boosters are free to anybody age 12 and up. To find out more, call 304-263-4999 or visit Shenandoah Community Health's website. Get your COVID vaccination or booster free to anybody age 12 and up at any of the Saturday clinics hosted by Shenandoah Community Health in the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. Call 304-263-4999 today. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. 
Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here. We'll talk some NBA playoffs. Last night uh, were the continue of the NBA playoffs and uh, obviously some good games happening across the NBA sphere, I guess you'd call it. I, you want to call it that. Uh, but it was game once in the East semifinals and the game two in the West semifinals and Colin, the Celtics, your Celtics, your beloved Celtics, they choked last night, a 119-115 loss. The process, the 76ers are leading the without series Embiid? without Joel, Joel Embiid. And they were nine and a half point favorites were the Celtics. What in the world? James Harden just, cooked. Yeah, Harden cooked. He had, what, 45 points? Yeah. Boston keeps forgetting how to play defense and in the big moments of the game they all decide that they don't want to be the shooters even though you see guys that shouldn't be the shooters at any other part of the game want to be the shooters they're up by two 113 112 with 10 seconds left that's up one up one (laughs) you're right but with 10 seconds left shot clock going down and they just keep passing the ball instead of somebody pulling up to shoot and next thing you know they pass it to philly who has a wide open dunk it's ridiculous. This team should not be falling apart like this from how you've seen them play the entire season. They should sweep the floor with an Embiid-less 76ers because they swept the floor with the 76ers when Embiid was there the entire regular season. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely different. disappointing if you're Boston. Uh, to be playing at home without Joel Embiid on the other side, you should win that game. I mean, you look at some of the numbers like – it's not like their stars didn't show up. Tatum had 39, 14-25 shooting. Jalen Brown's got to take more shots. Yeah. Eight for 10. He was shooting 80%. He had 23 points. Uh, but, I mean, you know, just not a very good performance here down the stretch. And to fall to Philly without Embiid, if Embiid gets back, I mean, the 76ers got to be feeling very confident that they could actually win this series. Which, based on the regular season, you know, you probably wouldn't think, even though the two teams are very close record-wise at 57-25 and 25 for Boston, 54-28 and 28 for Philly. So it's not like, you know, these two teams are completely outmatched. But without Joel Embiid on the floor, I mean, he's probably the MVP. And, you know, Boston fails to win that game one. If he gets back, I think Philly could win this series, especially if they – can steal another one in Boston, or even if they don't, if it's 1-1 heading into Philly, you get Embiid back for game three or so. I think the 76ers could take it. Especially with how Boston struggled against Atlanta. Uh, You know, I mean, Philly's better than Atlanta, obviously. Yeah. Let's move it on. Look at the West semifinal game two. It was a 10-point victory for the Nuggets. They now lead the series 2-0. It was a 97-87 victory over the Phoenix Suns. Uh, and, and Jokic led the way it's with Jokic. Jokic, excuse me. Led the, the way player in the world. 39 points, 16 rebounds. It was a big night for him. Uh, Devin Booker only had 35 points and 6 assists. Only 35? Well... <laughs> I mean, compared. He didn't have to a double Joker. digit. He didn't have a double double. Okay, I mean, he's not really a double double guy. Yeah, he's a scorer. But, um, I mean, for the Suns, only scoring eighty seven is the story. I yeah, mean, yeah. You only put up eighty seven. This isn't nineteen. You got to score more than eighty seven points to win an NBA game. 
four bench points. That, that's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, really, besides Durant and Booker, nobody showed up. I mean, Aiden, Aiden had, had 14, 14, but... I don't know. I mean, Chris Paul only gives you eight. He averages 18, so it's below his average, but it's still... Yeah. Getting nothing from the bench. I mean, Denver has depth, so you got to find ways to match their depth. And you, know, you didn't do that if you're Phoenix. And now they're down 0-2, and... I mean, I thought this year, if uh, Jokic really wanted to take the next step in his game, he needed to get this team to at least the Western Conference Finals, if not the finals. Um, Because this was a weak Western Conference. We've already seen two upsets in the first round of Golden State and the Lakers. Even if people were picking those two teams to win, they were still the seven and the six seed. So uh, based on the regular season and based on who's left, you know, Denver should come out of the West and it shouldn't really be too close, but I thought Phoenix was going to come out of the West because I looked at their roster, the fact that they acquired Durant at the deadline. I thought that that was the big move there, but they traded away all of their bench scoring, and that's why they only see four in the game last night. So, you know, the Suns, I mean, they were kind of thrown to bet together kind of last second here with this group, but their window is closing, and they're down 0-2 uh, to a Denver team that's playing with a lot of confidence and obviously has – one of the best uh, all-around players in the league and Nikola Jokic. So uh, we'll see, but I think Denver definitely has the confidence right now, especially if they're going to hold Phoenix in check to only 87. Yeah, they do. Uh, let's look at tonight's game, 7.30 on TNT, the East Semifinals game two with the the excuse me the Heat leading one nothing. They're in New York tonight in the Big Apple, uh, taking on, obviously, the Knicks 7.30 start. New York favored by six and a half in this one. The other game tonight, 10 p.m. TNT, Lakers Warriors game one in here in the West fi- or in the West Finals. Golden State favored by four and a half. We saw last night the Celtics were favored by nine and a half, and that was a dud. So how do you take these lines tonight, guys? I might take Miami to win. Same. With the six and a half. I mean The way they've been playing it, it's tough not to pick them right now, right? And they I mean they have Jimmy Butler and I think that's the difference like the Knicks yes they have Julius Randle who's played good basketball but I just think when you're in the postseason the Knicks probably have the better team overall but they don't have that guy that's got that dog in them Jimmy Butler's got that dog in them down the stretch so I think uh, that's the edge for the Heat and I think the Heat do win the series they might not win tonight but I think they win the series. The Knicks could even it up. I wouldn't be surprised, but I think the six and a half is pretty generous. Uh, so I would take the Heat to cover at the very least. They won by seven last time. I mean, I think Jimmy Butler's been the best player so far this postseason. Uh, you can't bet against the Heat at this point. I don't know if he's right been now. the best player, but he's been very good on his team. I mean, Curry dropped 50 in a game seven. I mean,. He's on the eighth seeded team, and he had to go out and beat the Bucks. Yeah, but yeah, and he dropped her fifty six. Yeah, he had some so good games. I'm not Curry's fifty is nothing compared to the fifty six. If you want to bring up that point, now. yeah, I it's mean bigger, bigger moment. Yeah, his fifty six still was in the game to seal the series. Yeah, no, I mean Butler's been great. I'm not saying he hasn't been good, but I just think there's been some better, more consistent scoring performances at least but i mean he is kind of the the whole team there in miami or at least he's the the heart and soul so they do need him to be great and he's been great this postseason i don't want to take anything away from him i'm just not certain if he's been the best overall and you're talking he's in the discussion 
We'll continue talking NBA playoffs here throughout the week. Uh, we'll get touch on this. Yeah, Warriors, the, Lakers tonight too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should be a good one. Should be a good one. We'll continue talking this all week long. The priority free agent deal, undrafted free agent deal that former Shepherd tackle Joey Fisher signed. He'll probably play guard or center in the league. That he signed with the 49ers is a pretty big payday for an undrafted free agent. $130,000 guaranteed, one hundred fifteen dollars of base salary guaranteed, plus $15,000 signing, $15, signing bonus. If he makes the team, which I think he's got a great chance to make the team because he's uh, he's just Joey Fisher. I mean, he's very proven uh, what he's been able to do. I mean, he had teams calling for him to go up to the Division One level. He stayed at, at D2. But if he makes the team this year, he'll go up to the league minimum of $750,000. This is the only contract. That's the only contract that we've been able to see that was posted on Twitter yesterday uh, via a reporter out in San Francisco. Uh, but – Priority on drafted free agent deal getting one hundred thirty million or hundred thirty thousand dollars. Now you now you see why I could do it because it's just you know I used to saying one hundred thirty thousand uh, dollars. It's a pretty big payday for a guy that played D two football. Yeah, one hundred and fifteen of that being guaranteed is uh, the big thing. Obviously, well, one hundred thirty of it's guaranteed. It's a fully guaranteed. One hundred fifteen is salary. I saw, okay, I thought I saw it, that. Fifteen thousand dollars is what he got for the signing bonus. Okay. I thought. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a pretty so big deal. It is. It's a big signing for a, a priority free agent. I don't know what we'll see for the other priority free agents, and hoping that we see similar numbers for the Shepherd guys. We'll have to wait. But out of at least according to Dylan, from what I heard, that that is uh, one of the higher, if not probably top ones. So. Yeah, I mean, Joey Fisher was signed almost immediately after the seventh round ended. Uh, before we hit the break here, in the comments on Facebook, Ronald Wilson Jr., is there a reason why the vote, this is talk going back to our second segment, the EPAC regional voting, is there a reason why the voting isn't done on a Saturday or Sunday morning after the season is over? Seems like that would take some of the guesswork out of it and let them weigh the whole season. I, I think we would tend to agree with that. Uh, they actually recently moved the basketball to a non-voting and it's just head-to-head matchups and how things work out on the actual, you know, records-wise, not coaches having a guess. Across the state, they do seeded tournaments uh, based upon record, and then whoever wins that gets the top seed in the actual tournament. It's so weird across the state, but this That's is a weird too. one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know exactly why they do it at this point in the season. Maybe we can ask a coach and they could inform us. Well, I know at least from one coach, he doesn't understand why it's done. Okay, so maybe they don't even know either. So if they don't understand it, we don't understand they it. They just do it. I think what we need they've to been doing. Something. Yeah, maybe it's a rule that they have to have it finalized by a certain point for the SSAC or something. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. You'd think there'd just be one sort of thing across the whole state. across the state that this is how it works and this is how your sectional tournaments have to be played or whatever but it's but, west virginia yeah i mean everybody makes the playoffs anyway so go win the section go win the region you can go dancing in charleston preview the best nothing, team yeah. it's not like you're traveling four hours to go play the game so home field advantage while it is nice it's not the end all be all yeah all right well that will do it for this segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by hagerstown ford revolutionizing the car buying experience go to hagerstownford.com for more on their side of this break We'll wrap things up and maybe, just maybe, get those regional rankings here for you. I'm hoping they pop in 
to my inbox, but I, you know, not holding up hope at this point. Nine minutes left in the broadcast. Uh, but this segment, uh, as I said, sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. We'll be back after this two-minute break. <laughs> This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. From Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. Locust Hill Golf Course invites you to historic Charlestown, West Virginia for 18 holes of phenomenal golf. We're just an hour drive from the Baltimore, D.C. Beltway, one half hour from Winchester and Leesburg, Virginia, as well as Hagerstown and Frederick, Maryland. Each tee offers challenges across the 35 acres of lakes, ponds, and streams, which come into play on 11 holes. The Blue Ridge Mountains also provide a breathtaking backdrop to Locust Hill. Schedule your tee time today at www.locusthillgolfcourse.com or call 304-728-7300. That's 304-728-7300. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center at 800 Emmett Rouse Drive, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this segment of the sports mix, the final one for your May 2nd, 2023. Brought to you in part by the Mary Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors. John Everson and Phil McCoy stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg or call 304-263-4343. We will not get the baseball regional standings by the time the show ends here in six minutes, uh, but we will post them on Facebook and they'll be talked about on tonight's game, Colin, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Maybe. You never know. You might forget, Colin. No. <laughs> I don't think you'll forget about that here. Uh, but we'll talk some Nats and O's here in the last couple of minutes. The Nationals fell to the Cubs last night uh, in a game, what was the score, 5-1. Uh, they had Elaine Thomas solo shot in the second inning, and that was all the offense. And didn't realize Trey Mancini now played for the Cubs. Yeah, I, I realized that uh, when they played um, the A's, when my buddy was making his MLB debut and I saw out there that Mancini was in uh, the lineup, but I mean, you you still had a pretty solid performance for Gore. I mean, not the best, but 
I'd still take it on most nights, maybe not yesterday because you only got one run, but he's young, right? That that's it's gonna happen throughout his career where it's not the best, but it's not the worst. You just need your offense to do better than one and it'll come along, but I don't know. What what's your thoughts? You're more of the Nationals fan, Spencer, so I don't know. I just I'm not I don't really have any antis like nothing I don't anticipate anything great happening this season. Mackenzie Gore didn't have a you know a great start last night. He gave up, I believe, four over six. Um but you know, Cade Cavalli, if he's able to come back, if you know you know, God willingly Steven Strasburg's able to come back maybe just in a relief role. I think that could help some things and, you know, make them a little bit better. But I think your offense, if you can't score runs, you can't win games. Your pitching could give up no runs, but the, you could give up one run and then you could lose one nothing. You could lose every game one nothing. Yeah. If your pitching gives up a couple or, you know, a couple, you, you, you just have to have run. the offense. You know, it doesn't seem like this team has a lot of offense right now. No, no, there's nobody that you really look at in the Nationals lineup that, stands out to you as a guy that teams would, I guess, fear. And that's something that if you want to be competitive, especially in the NL East, you, you need to have somebody, if not more than one guy. But they they don't really have a star right now that you look to to bring this team to be competitive this year, it seems like. Yeah. I mean, they've definitely struggled – you know, and we expected this, so uh, not super surprised here that the Nationals haven't been a uh, top-tier team when you look at their lineup and just their team overall. I mean, they're 27th in the league and runs scored. The only teams that are worse are Miami, Kansas City, and Detroit. So, yeah, offense has definitely been a struggle. Pitching's been okay, um, and they'll – probably continue to be pretty solid as a pitching team uh but you know it's not been great either they're 20th yeah. in era but i mean they've had some they have two guys at the top that they can build on there from the pitching perspective so you got a lot of prospects coming up robert what you know all those guys that came in the one soto trade yeah you know so. a lot of them are still jj abrams is the guy up here he's, st- he's still a work in progress honestly i mean you saw the first game of the year he had what three errors yeah himself I mean, he's a work in progress, but I, you know, I think he's struggling, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's hitting like two forty or something. I saw a video of him just striking out a bunch. So, looks like a pretty good trade for the Nationals, even if uh, it doesn't work out with all those prospects. If Soto's not as great as his money is, yeah, maybe it's a good trade. Maybe he doesn't sign a huge deal. Yeah, yeah, I guess he hasn't signed yet. I keep thinking that he has because, I mean, he got a contract, but he. didn't get a big contract yet, right, or something? Yeah. Didn't they give him, like, a short extension or something? No, they. I think it was arbitration. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, they gave him another year in arbitration. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. We'll have more EPAC baseball tonight as Spring Mills hosts Jefferson. It'll be a 6.40 pregame, 7 p.m. first pitch. It'll be Colin, Tripp, and Nick on the call. And, uh, again, that's a 6.40 pregame, 7 p.m. first pitch. And they'll break down the regional rankings upon release if they are indeed released by tonight, which I anticipate they should be released by tonight, but we didn't get them by the end of the show. That'll do it for this edition of the show. We will have a guest on tomorrow at 12.45. Uh, Stay tuned for that as uh, making somebody's wish happen.
Stay tuned, 1245 tomorrow. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. We'll talk to you tonight and tomorrow. The Martinsburg Bulldogs play here only on Talk Radio WRNR. Martinsburg.